This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. Welcome to On the Cover, a weekly Madsplainers feature. I'm podcast producer Natalie Yar, and each week I sit down with the reporter behind our latest cover story to find out why it matters. Today, I'm here with Cap Times local government reporter and Madsplainers co-host Abigail Becker, whose latest cover story explores efforts to help jailed parents and their kids stay connected. Abby, good to talk to you. Hey, Natalie. Glad to be here. So in your story, one of the people you spoke to, an inmate at the Dane County Jail, talked about, quote, parenting through glass. Can you tell me about the special challenges that come with trying to parent from behind bars? Yeah, it's definitely a unique and challenging situation. You know, in many county jails, there's no opportunities for contact visits at all. And a contact visit is where a parent can visit with their child in person, you know, um, hold their hand, the child can sit on the parent's lap, you know, hugs are involved. You know, so this means that oftentimes visits are conducted between a plexiglass barrier with the incarcerated parent on one side and the child on the other. You know, apart from visits, just communicating in general can be challenging. Phone calls and letters come at a cost to incarcerated parents. And so those types of communications could be infrequent due to um, that cost barrier. You know, apart from that, then children are also just likely dealing with the abrupt loss of their parent or caregiver. And parents in jail are also struggling with their identity as a parent. You know, they are removed from that family unit, from that, you know, identity. And so it's a definitely a transition. One parent told me that children can easily just stop visiting or picking up the phone, um, which makes parenting difficult then if, if your child, you know, just decides not to be in contact with you. So there, a shift does happen uh, when a parent is incarcerated. And you started reporting on this issue before the coronavirus pandemic, but I imagine that's only increased these challenges, no? Definitely. Yeah. So due to the pandemic, jail programming and contact visits have been suspended and You know, another thing is that the county actually allocated funding in its 2020 budget to hire um, a family connections coordinator to, in part, expand parenting programs in the jail. Um, But because of the economic crisis that the pandemic has caused, the county has implemented a hiring freeze. So hiring for that position has been put on hold, too. And what's the scale of this issue? Like across the country, how many kids have an incarcerated parent? Well, recent research has found that 2.7 million children in the United States have a parent serving time in prison or jail at any given time. Um, And more than 5 million children have experienced parental incarceration at some point during their lives. The majority of these children have a father behind bars as well. So this is an issue especially about dads and how they're parenting behind bars. Yeah, my the story that I reported definitely focused on on fathers, on dads in, in the Dane County Jail. And what do we know about how a parent's incarceration affects the child? A parent's incarceration can have adverse, you know, academic and socio-emotional effects on the child. Kids uh, with parents in jail can experience insecure attachment behavior problems, academic challenges, and delayed developmental milestones. 
They can also experience delays in communication skills like reading and writing. What I found in reporting this story is that a growing body of research demonstrates that strong family bonds, especially those between parents who are in jail and their children, can lead to improved outcomes for the incarcerated parent in terms of reduced recidivism, you know, less substance abuse, and reduced criminal behavior. And then for children of incarcerated parents, research has shown that the link between parental incarceration and you know, trauma symptoms that the child might be experiencing can be mediated through the quality of parental visitation experiences. So basically, all that research you know, is showing that visits really between parents in jail and their children can be a benefit for the parent and the child. And you write in your story that there have been efforts to help parents maintain or build the relationships with their children while they're incarcerated, but that most of those have been at prisons rather than at jails. Why is that? Yeah, so this is an interesting question. As one researcher told me, when you've been to one jail, you've been to one jail. You know, county jails are operated by individual county administrations, whereas state prisons are operated by one single administrative system. You know, so in Wisconsin, right, that would be the Department of Corrections. But across Wisconsin, in its various counties, jails are operated by individual systems. So it really can be difficult to gain access and build relationships in many different jail settings. Another complication is that people who are incarcerated in jail um, are there for a much shorter time on average than prison inmates. You know, jails are typically meant for short-term stays and, and not usually designed to offer comprehensive services because it's, it's difficult to offer those types of services when people are in and out. Um, the Dane County Jail has the ability to offer in-person visits, but, you know, I think a jail in Racine County, you know, only has the option for visits between plexiglass. So, you know, that just kind of shows the variety of um, ways that jails are operated and, and what may be available for parents and a child in one jail could not be available in another. So Dane County Jail is trying out adapting a parenting program that has shown success in prisons. Tell me about that program. What does it look like? So this program is called Parenting Inside Out, and it's really a parenting skills training program developed for incarcerated parents. So in February of last year, the Dane County Jail launched this curriculum as one of five pilot sites selected to develop or modify the curriculum for jail setting. So this has been going on for a little while, and in March, the third cohort of fathers graduated from the program in the jail. I was actually able to attend this graduation event, which was a great way to hear from the fathers themselves. This program is the only parent-focused curriculum that has been tested in a longitudinal randomized controlled trial. And so that type of study is necessary to really glean, you know, helpful results in order to implement programs in other places. You know, this study found that compared to their peers, participants were less likely to have been rearrested. Um, reported more family contact, and were more likely to be involved in the lives of their children. They were also found to be less depressed and reported less substance abuse. So it really showed, you know, to have a positive effect on these fathers. In the Dane County Jail, the Parenting Inside Out program is held, you know, twice a week in two-hour periods for about six weeks. Um, and again, the curriculum is focused on parenting and how to parent, but what I found interesting was that the class really starts with basic communication and problem-solving skills. 
And each lesson includes an aspect about emotion regulation. So just taking stock of their feelings and using breathing exercises to kind of regulate their emotions. I bring this up because it's important to know that, you know, a lot of the skills learned in this program can be translated to, you know, all aspects of, you know, these parents' lives. Part of the curriculum also includes role-playing. Program participants practice how to play, you know, as a way to inform um, engaging and building connections with their kids once they are, you know, released back into the community. Uh, Now, as the program is, you know, sort of being developed and tested out, later versions of it in the jail have also included contact visits between the fathers in the program and their children. I was actually going to observe one of these visits, but unfortunately it was canceled once the pandemic really took hold in the community. But I saw some photos of previous sessions and, you know, it shows the fathers kind of doing crafts with their kids and reading and, and kind of playing together. So it looked like a really positive experience for both the parents and the kids. This podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences. Join the Madison-based team working to lead earlier cancer detection. Visit exactsciences.com to view the company's hundreds of open jobs. You mentioned in your story that there are also some cool virtual methods for these dads and parents to interact with their kids. Yeah, a couple of researchers have partnered with the jail and they're offering what they call enhanced visits. And so these visits are a combination of coaching for the incarcerated parent and the at-home caregiver with video visits. So like you said, you know, they're virtual, they're through a screen. Families are given a tablet to facilitate the virtual meeting. And, you know, during this time where, you know, programs in the jail have been canceled for now, um, these families are still able to stay in touch, which is a cool thing. You know, one of the researchers told me or described, you know, what she sees on these visits. You know, some of the tablets are propped up, you know, in the bathroom when the kid is uh, brushing their teeth and getting ready for bed or set up at the dinner table so the parent can be involved in sort of the dinner conversation. So that was a really interesting way to use this technology to foster and to continue the connection between the parent and the child. I think that's fascinating because you just think about these parents as being kind of forced to be absent during their incarceration. And it's so fascinating to think about them as being kind of, in a way, not absent through these tablets and things like that. Exactly. I heard there's even a book vending machine. Can you tell me about that? I can. I have to say, this is one of my favorite parts about this story, was learning that there is a machine that dispenses books in the jail. So this book vending machine is available at the jail through another program, which is called Literacy Link. So this program began in 2017 with $200,000 from UW Extension as a pilot program Um, in the Dane County Jail and at three other county jails across the state. And the purpose of this program is is to engage, you know, children of incarcerated parents and their families in literacy activities. Now, since 2017, the program has expanded into four additional counties. So it's, it's definitely growing. The program, again, like I said, you know, aims to improve reading, communicating, and listening skills in addition to maintaining and building relationships between children and their incarcerated parent or caregiver. So it's kind of using literacy as the means to boost the relationship between the parent and the child. So in the visitation room of the public safety building in Dane County, um, it's funny. I mean, it's this old candy bar dispensing machine that's been converted to dispensing books. 
it's just funny to see books inside a vending machine. Um, but, you know, during visiting hours, children can ask a jail staff member for a token, which can then be used uh, in the machine to get a book. So it's, it's, it's fun. I mean, I haven't seen this in person. I've heard it described to me, but the child will go up and, you know, put in the token and then, you know, press A12 or whatever <laughs> the combination is. And then you hear the big thunk and the book drops out and then the kid can get the book. But then, you know, the children can read that book with their parent or caregiver in the jail and then take it home with them. And it's, you know, kind of another, you know, excuse sort of in that, you know, visitation center. It gives the parent and the child another activity to do together. Um, And again, like I said, this program is growing. And so actually with assistance from a $10,000 grant from the Evie Foundation, which I'll point out is the charitable arm of the Capital Times, which we both work for, the jail will be able to provide more books and two new vending machines that are made specifically for dispensing books. So they're, you know, amping up there. Uh, These two additional machines will be located in the public safety building's lobby and in the city county building jail's visitation area. So hopefully once those are in place, you know, more kids visiting the jail will be able to have the opportunity to, you know, get the book from the machine. Sounds so cool. And you met some of the participants in these programs. What did they tell you? Yeah, so I met a couple of the dads who had just completed the Parenting Inside Out class in March. I was able to talk to them after their graduation ceremony, and they really described to me what it's like to be a parent from jail, you know, and long story short, it's it's pretty difficult. One father, his name is Shai Williams, told me he hasn't been able to hug his seven-year-old daughter in over a year. Shai is 25 and expected to be released from the jail in June, and he said over this year, you know, he said that neither of them have adjusted to his absence. Um, He told me that no matter how long you're incarcerated, you just don't get used to it and that it's troubling every day. You know, another dad, uh, Charles Dickerson, spoke to how a parent's incarceration is really disruptive to both the child and the parent's life. But he, he said for the child, it can really come without warning. He described how you know, to a child, this could seem like their parent just left after breakfast and then never returned. And it can really feel that a parent is never going to return home. So, you know, obviously there's a lot going on when a parent then is um, put into jail. And so there are communication challenges just because of the infrastructure of a jail. But then there's also, you know, that trauma of losing a parent to incarceration that the parent and child uh, need to work through. So, yeah, it's 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 definitely difficult. And of course, you know, I can never fully understand it without being in that situation. But they were really able to explain to me sort of what what they're going through and then that they hope that through this program, they learn skills that they can use to be a better parent once they are um, you know, back with their families. And what's next for this program or these programs? Yeah, so a UW-Madison researcher, Paha Charles, has received a National Institutes of Health grant to conduct a feasibility study and acceptability study of the parenting program to see if it can be implemented in county jails across the state. So this study will show, you know, kind of what works and what doesn't work and if it can be, you know, replicated in a lot more places. Also, this researcher and the Madison Area Urban Ministry and the United Way of Dane County have applied for a grant through the U.S. Department of Justice to conduct a parenting inside-out curriculum in the re-entry process. So, you know, hopefully if this were to happen, then this type of program would be available to parents 
after they are released from jail. You know, for example, maybe they didn't have the opportunity to take the course while incarcerated, but then it would be available to them, you know, right afterwards. So it's kind of bridging that gap in services between what's offered in jail and then, you know, what is or isn't offered, you know, once um, they're out in the community. And again, like we talked about for Literacy Link, the jail is going to look at acquiring those additional book vending machines. And then, you know, hopefully after the hiring freeze is lifted in Dane County, hire that staff position to focus on these types of parenting programs. So I'll definitely be looking for that and to see if the parenting programs sort of expand in the jail, you know, in the coming months and years. And why was this story important to you? What were you trying to do here? Yeah, so, you know, I I think just as much as we highlight what doesn't work in the jail system and in the broader correction system, you know, I do think it's important to find the programs that are working and, and talk to the people who are making it happen. You know, the research here shows that these types of programs benefit the parents who are incarcerated, their children, and then really the communities that these families live in. So, you know, I do think that it's important to to talk about the things that are working in the hopes that maybe um, they could be replicated in more places and do more good things, you know, across the state. Abby, thanks so much for talking to me about this story. It's always a pleasure, Natalie. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Abigail Becker, who's got her finger on the pulse of all things local government. Tune in next week for a conversation about our next cover story. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to The Mad Splainers on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you do your listening, and leave us a review while you're there. Also, be sure to check out our other podcasts, including The Corner Table, all about food and drink in Madison, and Wedge Issues, all about state politics. Until next time, thanks for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.